Welcome. Thanks for listening to A Certain Degree. My name is Nick. I host a weekly radio show that gets turned into this podcast, the one you're listening to right now. If you're an early riser, you can listen live every Monday starting at 7 a.m. on WPRK 91.5 FM. It also streams on WPRK.org. Or you can subscribe wherever you subscribe to podcasts. Regardless of where you listen, this show is about people from the Orlando area who are doing something neat. The neat person for this episode is Matthew Petty of WMFE. His show, Intersection, airs on 90.7 FM, covering local news and politics, arts and culture. It's a deep dive into Central Florida, and you should definitely listen to that right after you listen to this. For more on Matt and all of the other guests, please visit toacertaindegree.com. And now, on with the show. Stevie Wonder on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. Good morning. My name is Nick. Thank you so much for tuning in if you're up this early. Even if you're not up this early, thank you so much for tuning in. In case you've tuned in without being away, I'm going to stop talking. Uh, My name is Nick. As I mentioned before, I do this every week, and every week I have a very special guest. This week is no exception. Matthew Petty is here. Good morning, Matthew. Hey, Nick. Do you go by Matt or Matthew? Oh, you can call me Matt. Can I call you Matt? You can. Oh, great. Hey, Matt. Hey, Nick. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Do you go by Nick here. or Nicholas? Uh, I go by Nick, uh, Nicholas, if I'm in trouble. Right. Is that a thing for you, too? What about the middle name? Does that come out if you're in trouble? Oh, sure. So I'm Nicholas John Jorgudio. So yeah. I have all three of the most common Greek names, that's Nick a, John that, George. That's kind of a hard one to pull off, though, in a hurry. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're related to me, you can. You can do it. Yeah. So do you have a middle name If I, in case you get in trouble while you're on the show? Yeah, but it's uh, my parents were never into the three-name thing oh, really? uh, for trouble situations. What would they say? Just Matthew? Yeah, that's it. Very quietly or very loud? Man, now I'm trying to think. Um, it's been a while since you've been in trouble, I take probably it. Probably a moderate, a moderately loud. <laughs> and New Zealand yell, which is kind of like... Australian whisper. <laughs> oh, I got it. Okay. So we'll get into that. Obviously, you have a little bit of an accent. You're from New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked a couple of times uh, during interviews, and so I've uh, chatted with you before, but I don't know you all that well. So we're going to get to know you a little bit better. We're going to play a game. So instead of uh, 20 questions-ish, I'm going to say something, and you're going to react if you're for something, against it, sure. that sort of thing. No strong feelings. And uh, instead of playing yes or no or up or down, we're going to play calm cool or collected so calm if you're for something cool if you're indifferent to it and then collected if you're just like no thank you okay so calm is good collected is bad correct okay gotcha there's a lot of alliteration we've got going (laughs) on today how did you feel about and how do you feel now about back to school so going back to school or your kids going back to school I think I'm somewhere between cool and collected. I was never a huge fan of it myself. Yeah. Didn't really, I didn't really love school. I mean, I was good at certain things at school, but um, the, the kind of anxiety, the first day anxiety, it still hits me now. And I'm, you know, and you're not even in school. I'm not in school. Um, yeah, you know, I have a daughter who's in fifth grade now, but I mean, I, I sort of, I feel, I, I don't think she it bothers her at all. But um, for me, it's like. You know, watching her pack her bag up gives me, it gives me anxiety. And even just like when I'm driving 
to work and I see a school bus disgorging a load of kids, I just I feel anxious on their behalf. <laughs> I wonder about the challenges they're going to face in their day. So just for my edification, because I don't know that much about it, from a school standpoint in New Zealand, was it similar to the U.S. where you'd have a summer break and then you'd go into the next grade? So our holidays in New Zealand vacation excuse me they're a little more segmented so there would be a the longest vacation was in summer which of course december which yeah okay. and that was like five weeks i want to say or six weeks but then there are a couple of times throughout the year there'd be a two-week break so maybe three other times it's all changed now anyway they've, they've changed the semesters around but um so it's a little more like the european yeah method of it, doing was, it. it wasn't like an enormous three-month kind of time away from school like they right. do here and and Along with that, there wouldn't be, uh, you know, summer camps. Like, you wouldn't pack your kid off to, you know, a week in the Adirondacks or whatever it is. Probably a little bit closer, but yeah. Maybe closer than the Adirondacks. (laughs) Maybe send them to New Smyrna Beach or something, yeah. Yeah. Actually, that is one place I haven't been and I would like to go, so maybe I'm just projecting there. Yeah. The Adirondacks or New Smyrna? I've been to New Smyrna, yeah. Okay, great. (laughs) Good, good. I'm glad you explored it. has a wonderful sponge diving history. Is that New Smyrna or am I... Conflating that with Tarpon Springs. Tarpon Springs, excuse yeah. me. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, as a Greek, I know where the sponge diving is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So that is uh, that is interesting and a little mm-hmm. bit more about you. So you're intimidated and scared for children. I don't know about scared. I just I feel nervous on their behalf. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Then how do you feel about driverless cars? Oh Calm, my God! Cool well, I feel collected. like there are driverless cars out there right now. I mean, there is there is technically a driver in the driver's seat, but yes. they don't seem to be doing much in the way of piloting their car in an effective manner. So, have you like driven up beside somebody and seen them not driving? Uh, like yeah, but not Tesla, a, not a driverless car. Just oh, okay. just, just not really driving right, right. their actual car. Like you know, driving just like arms their, crossed, kind of angry, steering the wheel with their knee or something. Oh yeah, no, I apply I mean, makeup, I never do that. eating a sandwich. Um, actually, I've eaten a sandwich in the car, so I shouldn't judge. So let me, if I remember correctly, your hands are supposed to be at oh, 10 sorry, yeah, uh, driverless cars. I think I'm, I think I'm cool. I think I'm in the middle. I think it's it's kind of inevitable. Yeah. Um, but I think it's going to take longer than we might assume. I know that there have been stories about people driving their Teslas on the freeway and just putting it into autopilot or whatever it is, and and then taking a nap. I think some of those are apocryphal, but I think maybe, I think people are taking advantage of the technology and maybe pushing it beyond its limits right now. Because you so got to remember, chance, like, not, not everybody has a Tesla, right? So I don't right. know how they, they sort of work with everybody else who's not driving a driverless car. I don't think you're supposed to do that anyway. I don't know. Uh, you're, they're not at the point now where you're supposed to just like pass out or anything you're, or go in the back seat and hang out for a little bit. Right. Like have a small party or anything along those lines. If they ever got to that point, though, would what would you do in the car if you were able to just press a button and it was going to drive you somewhere? I mean, napping would be pretty huge. Like if I'm in the I'm, I'm, a, I'm in the front passenger seat, that just puts me to sleep all the time. And I feel guilty, especially if it's a long road trip. I feel mm-hmm. like I have a, a duty to stay awake and do something to... Entertain. Yeah, keep the driver awake. But sometimes I just can't. I'll just like... My head will just flop around and I'll just fall asleep. Yep. And those those naps are the worst naps. Those are not... Very disorientating. naps. No. <laughs> you wake back up, you're still in a car. Yeah. Seems like a horrible dream. What do you? How do you feel about driverless cars? I like the idea of them... 
again, in theory, um, it would take a lot of, you know, I think getting in one and seeing them function before I fully trusted it. Mm-hmm. But I, I really like the idea of being able to sit there and read or really listen to a podcast or music, um, potentially take a nap, that sort of thing. It's the thing I don't understand, though. I mean, for driverless cars to work, is it like an all or nothing scenario? Does everybody have to be in a driverless car? No, it would be easier if that was the case and they could all talk to each other. Mm. Um, It would be much more functional. So if you think back to a movie like Minority Report with Tom Cruise, where he was driving on the roadways and then when he got on the highway, everybody's was taken over by sort of the uh, central CPU system and everybody's was a self-driving car at that point which I thought that was pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's not something because it'll it'll take into account other drivers right. as much as possible. But, you know, the other thing is I'm, I'm 46 now. I've been driving for 30 years. And I can say without a shadow of a doubt that I'm not going to get any better at driving. Do you enjoy driving? I do, but I'm not going to get any better at it. There's no reason for me to continue practicing driving. Did you learn how to drive on a stick shift or an auto? A uh, stick shift. Okay. Yeah. Do, you, do you have a stick shift now? I don't. But so I'm, I, I think I'm done with driving. Mm-hmm. So if a driverless car came into my possession, I'd be like, okay, <laughs> that's fine. If it just drove into your driveway. If it just dri- hey, it's here. <laughs> How weird. I, I guess, yeah, self, uh, maybe if it didn't like its uh, former owner. Sure. And it wanted to get away and it didn't become self-aware and try to kill everybody. Yeah, I'd be totally for that. Uh, professional wrestling, calm, cool, or collected? I would like to say I am calm, but honestly, I think I'm more cool because I don't. It's something I don't really understand. Okay, I, I think I want to know more about it. Is it something you didn't watch a lot of it growing up in uh, New Zealand? I didn't, but I had friends who did. So yeah. I grew up. I grew up without a television, so I kind of have a pretty weird appreciation for television it's very specific and it doesn't include a lot of shows so my understanding of tv is kind of limited in the first place Uh, but i had friends who were really into it and they would talk about it at school so it was kind of this weird world that i didn't really understand and i couldn't figure out what they were on about and it's i feel like it's 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 probably good for somebody who wants to understand the united states right i feel like there are some strong parallels between professional wrestling from what i know of it mm-hmm. and real life america now like the way people react to storytelling and things sure. of that nature i think yeah for the u.s yeah 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 you have to sort of be part of the experience to appreciate it so do you want uh any wrestling fans that are listening to reach out to you with explanations <laughs> and watch parties and like sure. maybe you could i know there's some i mean there, there are some training places in in orlando right I mean, there, there is a sort of a burgeoning pro yep. wrestling industry happening here my understanding is you do a show called intersection twice a week mm-hmm. and interview locals like myself i've been on a couple of times yeah and do things of that nature maybe uh they could teach you and you could record it how to do a fall how to get uh uh you know suplexed or something along those lines yeah that'd be really fun yeah, this, I mean, that's the other thing. Like, I know all these wrestling terms from friends I had at high school. So this is back in the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. But I, it's not like I really understand them. It's like so a, a figure I, four leg lock, for example, or a clothesline. <laughs> I feel like if we can do that to you, you'll know a little bit more about America. It'll be a great story. 
um, you know, especially audio of you getting uh, clotheslined. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm yeah. I'm on the fence. <laughs> I, I really think we'll we'll ask. You know, we'll do a, a survey. And I'm on we'll the fence what or, the, or whatever the 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 ropes. I'm on the, the ropes. ropes. You're I'm on, on the, the ropes. ropes. Oh, you'd that. be on the ropes very quickly. <laughs> I think, or on the on the mat. In that case, all right. Uh, Star Wars: Galaxy's Edge. Calm, cool, or collected? Um, I think I'm I'm cool about that. Yeah. Um, so you didn't grow up with a TV, did you? Not watch no, Star but I watched, Wars until I, okay. So the the first Star Wars movie I saw in the theater was um, Return of the Jedi, and I can't remember what year that came out. But eighty three. Yeah, eighty three. Okay, so I was um, eighty three. You sure? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, I was older than I thought. Yeah, for some reason I thought I was kind of like four, but I would have been, I would have been like uh, seven, six or seven, when I saw that. Um, so yeah, I have an appreciation for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's become something more than what it ever was now. Sure, bring it on. <laughs> Do you okay, like I, the I think I'm, I think yeah, I'm, you just raised it. That's yeah, nice. I raised the bar. Uh, Do you I, go to the theme parks a lot? Do you take the kids? Not a lot. Uh, my oldest daughter is a huge theme park fan. She loves it. You know, she's she spent most of her life here in Orlando, so it's kind of par for the course. Um, I'll go. I'm. I'm not, I just, yeah, there, there are parks I'd probably rather spend a day in than theme parks, uh, like national parks, but um, no, I appreciate the theme parks. They're good. It's just, it's, oftentimes it's just too hot, you know, it's like, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know how you're supposed to survive 12 hours in a, in a midsummer Florida day. Oh, you're not. That's a lot. Yeah, you're not supposed to necessarily survive that speaking of florida do, day I, I, oh yeah. let me just let me just finish my thought though um like one thing i do appreciate is you know people just have this i don't know like like when people come to florida they come to orlando and they they're coming for a theme park like they are fully sort of locked into that mindset of i'm gonna have a great time in many cases yeah and i do enjoy seeing that like if i'm in the airport heading out somewhere I'm, i appreciate seeing the that just kind of unbridled enthusiasm that people have about coming to Orlando. And you'll see that every time you go to the airport. Yeah. Because they're always arriving. Which is great. <laughs> and and people clap and cheer when the plane lands like, I'm going to Disney World. Yeah, that is nice to see because... And, and as much as I want to introduce people to other things that are happening in and around Orlando, that there's more to Orlando than the theme parks. Yeah. I get it. I mean, it's you want to have as much of an experience as you possibly can in as short a time as you can. Yeah, I just and have I, it almost guaranteed. Yeah, I, I, I just I kind of appreciate the the unironic enthusiasm. Like, mm-hmm. there's there's no irony in that. Yeah. Well, maybe there is some irony, but yeah. not very little, I would imagine. All right. Uh, yesterday, I believe, was the 80th anniversary of the Wizard of Oz being released. How do you feel about that one? Calm, cool, or collected? I'm probably cool. Um, the Wizard of Oz. I, I was never really into the Wizard of Oz. Didn't really get it. I mean, that's yeah. another that's another classic piece of Americana, right? Yep. We actually had a wizard in Christchurch. He was kind of a um, he was a bit of a tourist icon. So he would have a stepladder, and he would he would wear his wizard robes and his hat, and he would basically take a stepladder into Cathedral Square, which is in the middle of Christchurch, the city I grew up in, New Zealand. And he would get up on a stepladder, and he would just like stream of consciousness kind of talk about stuff and um he had a, he also had a volkswagen 
beetle or a bug, I guess yeah. you call it here. It had he'd made it himself, or he'd had somebody make it for him. It was two front ends of a beetle, so it looked like the two front halves of the car joined together. So when the car was driving away from you, it, it was kind of disconcerting because it right, looked like right, it was right. driving backwards. So yeah, he was um, <laughs> he was kind of a character, the Wizard of Christchurch. So yeah, wizards in general, I'm I'm all for wizards. Oh, okay. So <laughs> after that story, I wasn't sure if you were for or against wizards. No, I'm I, I uh, I'm I'm definitely team wizard. Wizard of Oz. It's it's a little unsettling. I got to say, the movie is pretty unsettling. Well, I read somewhere recently that it's actually a metaphor for Midwesterners versus uh, Washington D.C. Really? Yeah. So Midwesterners kind of know what's up, and they're looking for answers. And it turns out it's just a guy behind a curtain are they going to dc in the movie i guess so i'm not sure that it's a full <laughs> metaphor maybe the books are a little bit better yeah i'm not sure why you'd want to go to dc especially at this point right yeah all right moving on going to florida the beach calm cool or collected oh definitely calm yeah florida has great beaches yeah like, do you like going to the beach i do i love the beach i love swimming i love the fact that you can swim in the atlantic ocean and like a turtle will swim past you, or you'll mm-hmm. see a shark just kind of cruising around, or a, maybe not a shark. That's that, I, okay. I think <laughs> I would go from calm to collected. If I saw a shark up close, um, they're probably out there. You just don't see them. Right. Yeah. They're all around you. Yeah. Or dolphins, or even jellyfish are kind of cool unless yeah. you touch one. Um, so I do love the beach. And I grew up in a country where we had the Pacific Ocean on our doorstep, so it was freezing cold. Even in midsummer, you know, it's like if you've swum out on the west coast of the United States, but it's like that. It's like so there wasn't much swimming going on. Oh no, there was a lot of swimming. It was just oh, cold, just brutally cold. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sometimes it gets a little too warm here. Like if you're swimming in the middle of August in the Atlantic, it can be kind of like a warm bath, mm-hmm. and that's not great. I prefer it to be cool. Um, but yeah, definitely calm on the upper end of the calm spectrum on, on the <laughs> Florida's fantastic coastline. Very nice. Oh, this has been in the news quite a bit lately. Chicken sandwiches. Calm, cool, or collected? Uh, that's that's a tricky one. Do I you mean, like sandwiches? I, I love sandwiches. Okay. I'm a, yeah, I'm like any kind of sandwich. I think sandwiches in general are definitely calm. Got it. Chicken sandwiches, I mean, it entirely depends on the sandwich. Um, Have you been following this uh, controversy, not controversy, but this competition between Popeyes and the other no, sandwich uh, uh, factories? Mean, it's, it's, Is that a word? If, like, kudos to whoever dreamed it up, right? Because yeah. it's genius sort of uh, free marketing for them. Yes. Um, I've never actually eaten a Popeye's chicken sandwich, so I don't, I don't, I don't know. Well, apparently they just started offering them. So this is okay. the whole thing is that they're apparently so delicious that there's a run on them. There's lines around the block at the drive-thru. They are running out in some cases at some of their locations. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm probably just going to have to say calm because I don't really understand the, the hype around this particular chicken sandwich. Okay, so right after the show's over, we're going to go fight our way into a Popeye's <laughs> and grab one. Okay. Just so that we can try it. Sure. That's a good idea. I like that. I like what you're thinking, Matt. Can I call you Matt? Yeah, I'm Great. always thinking sandwiches. I yeah. Mean, <laughs> that is usually the second thing I'm thinking. Where do you stand 
on crowd share scooters, calm, cool, or collected? I've never stood on one. Okay. Um, I've been to cities where I've seen them. I mean, I think they're kind of like bike share bikes, right? There's yeah. um, You have an app, you put your credit card information in, and then you can just go and uh, and grab it. Yeah, I, I think... I don't know. I, I don't think we've quite figured out. It's. I feel the same way about them as I do about driverless cars. I think they're kind of inevitable, mm-hmm. but I don't think we've quite figured out the best way to organize them. Because, so you go to a city where they have the scooters, and you'll see people just blatting along the freeway on a scooter. Well, that's an exaggeration, but you see people riding on the road with a scooter. And are they supposed to be doing that? Is that safe? And then the other thing is where you leave your scooter. Like if you just jumble it up on a on the edge of a street where, you know, somebody might it's in the way, a, yeah. Yeah, have trouble getting around it. You know, maybe yeah. they're you know, like they have some mobility challenges. But that's the same with, with the bike share bikes, right? If you just mm-hmm. kind of throw your bike down on a sidewalk, that's Which not is what I typically great. do. <laughs> just throw it down. Do you? No. Do you throw it in a tree or in a lake? Uh, I've seen that. Some lakes it just depends on the lake. If the lake really needs a bike, I feel like, to yeah. sort of round out the beauty and the majesty of the lake, then yeah. Yeah, I think, okay, so scooters, I think I'm calm. I would like to try one for sure. Um, I think infrastructure-wise, there's a little bit of work to be done to figure out how they fit into the mm. the kind of complete picture of mobility. If we got some delivered to WMFE, would you and some of the other staff and reporters there like do races around the building? Yes. Okay. Undoubtedly. Okay. So if any scooter companies are listening, <laughs> Matt will do that as as uh, coverage. I think. Well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'll get covered once you guys uh, start. Steady uh, on, steady over. on, Nick. All right. I won't make promises <laughs> for what you're going to cover at WMFE, another radio station altogether. Uh, Disney remakes, the cartoons going to live action films, calm, cool, or collected. I think I'm collected, but that might be unfair because I haven't actually seen any. None of them? Well, list some. Uh, Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, Aladdin. Uh, what else just came out? Jungle Book came out uh, last year, the year before. And there have been a few others. They're obviously making Dumbo a ton of them. <sighs> yeah. Just about any animated movie they're going to remake into live action. Well... I, I mean, remakes are fine, and sometimes they're good because here's the thing: like, there, there's like, you know, the the legacy of of Disney in particular. Their their kind of uh, their anime animated movies. I mean, the drawing was just so beautiful back mm-hmm. in the day, right? Like the animation, like you can't you can't really beat that. On the other hand, some of the themes definitely need updating. Like there are things which you wouldn't make a movie about now, which you know. So, from that sense, a remake is good. But on the other hand, I'm just not sure that you can really capture the the magic of the the hand drawn animation that you did back in the day. Yeah, and that's maybe I'm just a grumpy old man. I don't know. I, I'm just not sure about that. We'll figure that out by the end of the show. <laughs> we'll determine whether or not you're a grumpy old man. I think um, I think it's kind of cool to translate a movie into something else, like a like a a live musical on a stage. Though. I mean, mm. that can be pretty cool. So because, musicals, because you're trying to yes. you, yeah because you're trying to turn something you're trying to create something completely new out mm-hmm. of out of the source material so I think that's good want to hear a song performed live as opposed to just 
hear it again by somebody else. Yeah, and even yeah. I mean, maybe there's just something about the magic of of live theater too, right? Not that I I'm a huge theater buff or anything, but you know, sometimes you can achieve stuff in movies which, and then and then and then if you're trying to translate that into a live setting, you're like, how on earth are they going to do this? And then mm. part of the the joy is like seeing them achieve the impossible with with uh, with live theater or, or translating something into into live theater. Nice. That okay? Yeah, I'm not quite sure where I'm going with that, but <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah. So yes to musical theater, maybe kind of standoffish to just the general remakes, live action remakes. I think I need to see more live action remakes. I okay. think probably what I need to do is um, do a comparison study and. What if we had a little screen on the rideshare <laughs> scooter so that you could watch the movie while you're scooting around? Sure. Okay. Yeah, and let's do it with VR goggles too. Oh, even better. <laughs> like an AR type of thing where the characters are just appearing yeah. uh, around you while you're... Because you need to be able... Matt, I mean, let's be honest. You need to be able to see your surroundings. You do. Come on. Yeah. Or maybe in that driverless car. Uh, a couple more questions and then we'll take a break. Tiny houses, where do you stand on those? Um, hmm. calm, cool, or collected. Uh, Understanding that you have a family, and it's probably not <laughs> something that you can. Well, you know, you're not going to move into a tiny house tomorrow. That's the thing; it's all relative, right? I feel like I have a tiny house, but if I was living in the middle of Tokyo, I would live probably be living in a huge house relative to the size of the city or mm. the the cost of land or whatever. Or even New York City, I don't know. Have you had like a small apartment before? Um, yeah, I lived yeah. in Japan, and I lived in a. Actually, I lived in a pretty big apartment by Japanese standards. I can't so remember. Like they, they divided up by... 500 square feet? Well, it's they, they um it's like tatami mat units, but I can't remember what the kind of uh, the ratio is. Mm. It was it was pretty big. I had two rooms and that was quite a nice apartment. Um, so tiny houses. I like the... Here's what I like about tiny houses. I'm not really answering your question. I'm not sure I can give you a... Okay, I'm going to... I'm going to be right in the middle. <laughs> okay. I'm cool on tiny houses. Here's what I like about them. I appreciate the craft. I mean, I feel like a tiny house, you're really stretching the limits of creativity and trying to fit things into a small space, like approaching a house like you were building a boat with spaces at a premium. So I do appreciate the craft in that. I think the lifestyle, I feel like, I feel like it might just be one of those things where people think, okay, I'm just going to live in a tiny house because it's cool and maybe you haven't thought it out properly mm -hmm. and then they... They also need to rent a couple of those storage units to fit all their to stuff in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not like if you can if you can pare your life down and just to the bare, you know, the barest elements, then more power to you. Like, you know, that's that's great. But I am definitely no Mario Kondo. I can't do it. I like books. I like stuff. <laughs> I like to have a range of stuff for for thing. You know, situations where I might need to use it. Like I can't get rid of my ski gear even though I don't go skiing that often. I just need <laughs> to know that I have it just in case. So what if we fashion a tiny house? You mentioned the craft. What mm. if we uh, fashion your tiny house out of all your stuff? <laughs> so literally like there's a wall of books. You just go up to the wall and open up one of the books and you can read them. Yeah, I don't know how waterproof that would be. Uh, not very. I think there'd be some weatherproofing issues. There would be a lot of different issues. You'd probably have turn them into paper mache, but then you wouldn't be able to appreciate them as books anymore. Uh, you'd be, you could read some of it. Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't know. My, my kanji dictionary 
am I really going to go back and learn kanji like I always thought I would? Probably not. I like having it though. It's a security blanket for you. It's yeah. I mean, it's a it's a you know, it's like it's opening up a door to another realm. So mm-hmm. I I'm reluctant to give that away. And I probably don't have room for it in my tiny house. So what am I going to do? I think yeah. Part of the challenge of tiny house though is you you figure out how much stuff you can actually cram into that tiny little space. That's correct. Yeah. What is absolutely necessary for you to have happiness? Yeah. And I think the lifestyle part of it also is that you're not going to spend a lot of time there, right? right? Like you're out and about, you're out in the community or you're out wherever it mm-hmm. is that you're living. So, is that practical in, in Florida though because of the weather and the climate? Uh, I think so. I mean, there's yeah. still, I think they're air conditioned and all that. I don't really appreciate or like the idea of chemical toilets, but I'd rather have a tiny house that stays still. We don't have to have a t- chemical toilet. You could have a, um, there's toilets that, burn stuff up there's toilets there's composting toilets there's the catapult toilet i like that one that just <laughs> it's it catapult it you catapult. or the stuff the stuff yeah <laughs> yeah it just sends it elsewhere yeah i think they used that back in the middle ages to yeah. spread disease and stuff yeah it's a big thing it's, a, <laughs> it's called the black plague toilet yeah. yeah yeah i really enjoy that one all right last question for now cobbler the dessert. Not no, the I'm who... I'm all the way. Wow, I didn't cool even finish. That. Yeah, yeah, that is okay. Yeah. Wait, calm. Oh, wait, calm is the top. Calm right? is the top. Yeah, yeah. So cobbler. Okay, is cobbler one of your favorite desserts? <laughs> I would say I'm I'm probably even mildly exercised about it. I'm beyond calm. <laughs> cobbler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, You're jittery for cobbler. I would eat some cobbler right now like if I had cold, some. hot whatever guess what bring it i don't have any <laughs> i should start bringing some what is your favorite uh flavor or uh, style uh i mean you can't go too far beyond peach cobbler mm-hmm. that's pretty great because the the peaches have that sort of inherent tanginess which kind of cuts through the the sweetness of the cobbler is the cobbler the stuff on top oh uh, it's the whole it's all of it i think that's the crumble on top yeah but yeah and do you like pie Oh, I love pie, yeah. Okay, cobbler or pie then? Just so I know if I'm ever coming to, (laughs) if I'm ever invited to a birthday party of yours, I'll know A, what to expect, or B, what to bring. Um, Bring a a rideshare scooter with a pie. Well, I would say for you, just cobbler, because it's easier to throw together a cobbler than a pie, right? Pie takes a lot lot more work getting the pastry right. Maybe? Yeah, pie, I mean, so the benefit of a pie is you can, well, if it's small enough, you can hold it in your hand. Like in New Zealand, we have a tradition of savory pies, like meat pies. Sure. And you know, you, are those so big that you can't hold them in your hand? No, they're 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 handleable. They're okay, hand sized. Yes, they're so <laughs> able they're, to be held in in two or one hands. Wait, wait. So are those hand pies, or are those when you slice them, you can hold them in your? No, hand? No, no. This is like the the pie is a is a discrete unit okay like a a single pie that you can hold and eat depending on the the integrity of the pastry like if it's too soft then it'll need a bag it's almost like an empanada or something like that yeah maybe not quite as as solid as an empanada but okay yeah definitely um it's it's hand food yeah okay i'm learning so much about new zealand customs (laughs) and culture yeah back i was back in new zealand for a few weeks in july and we had a lot of pies Great. Yeah. I love that for the tagline of New Zealand. Mm-hmm. We, we have a lot of pies. They've gotten a lot more expensive, though. They used to be 
you could spend a couple of bucks on a pie, and now they're kind of up in the four, five, six dollar range, which is uh, hipsters. Hipsters have gotten to yeah, them. yeah, probably. Yeah, I'm so sorry. We're both wearing hipster glasses, so <laughs> pretty much that's us in a nutshell. Matt Petty is here from WMFE ninety point seven on your FM dial, the local NPR station, always with wonderful coverage and news and everything else. Matt, you do two shows a week of Intersection. Yeah, so we're actually changing the format a little bit, though. A little oh, bit cool. of a little bit of are we news. breaking news? Uh, I don't think is it's this... breaking news. I think the the information has been out there, but um, so from Labor Day onwards, we are going to be changing the format of um, of Intersection. Um, the plan is to roll it out to four days a week, and to do that we are going to need to hire some producers. So we'll be posting some ads for that and it's going to be changing to midday. So, um, very cool. Yeah. So what time from one to one, uh, from 12 to one. So you can listen out to intersection on Thursdays from, uh, from labor day onwards in the middle of the day. Yep. And then, um, soon after that, hopefully soon we'll be, uh, we'll be rolling it out. So it'll be an expanded show. Four days a week. That's awesome. Mm. Well, because it's it's a great show. It's also available via podcast. Yep. So if you ever miss a show, mm-hmm. uh, typically has been on Tuesdays and Fridays from 9 to 10. Yeah, Tuesdays and Fridays, 9 to 10. We, we t- tend to have a, a live component too on the Friday yep. show. Um, not always, but mostly. And we, we cover politics, the arts, culture, uh, music. Um, a little bit of space reporting, of course. We have our space reporter Brendan Byrne, who's kind of guests on the on the show and and uh, and does coverage on that. The environment. I mean, pretty much anything that's topical and pertinent to listeners in Central Florida, we'll we'll dip our toes into or dig into mm-hmm. in a little deeper. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of our our format for exploring the issues that are relevant to Central Florida listeners. Yeah, and you've covered. I mean, recently anything from hurricanes to. Uh, the impact of uh, the different things that are going on at the airport regarding the TSA. Yeah, we, like so that. two of our reporters, Abe Abariah and Daniel Pryor, uh, spent a few months looking into the kind of working conditions of TSA offices, in particular at Orlando International Airport. And this was, um, the, the investigative series was born from um, an incident uh, at the airport back in February, a terrible uh, situation where a, a TSA officer um, took his life, and uh, so they wanted to look into sort of the working conditions there. And so um, they spent a lot of time investigating that. They heard from a lot of TSA officers around the country. TSA is kind of looking into what they can do to make things better for those employees. And we we sort of delved into that series, not just an in intersection, but across the week. This was a couple of weeks back. We we aired the series. You can actually go online and and. Um, and find that full series. So yeah, we do those kind of deep dive reports. We also cover stuff that's a little lighter. Um, a lot of arts and culture, as I mentioned. We try to feature local musicians as well. Yeah, which I know is something that is close to the the heart of in, of uh, WPRK. Sure. Rather, like yep. you guys do that as well. So we'll try and uh, bring in a band or a, a musician from time to time and and have them perform and talk about their music and, and sort of showcase what they do. How much fun is it to have live music in the studio? Somebody it's, creating right in front of you. It's awesome. I mean, it's fun and it's challenging. It, it, it kind of comes back to that tiny house challenge, I think. We have, <laughs> we had the Shaboom, sh- I always get their name wrong, the Shabooms. Shabooms. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we had them that in the a, studio a couple of years ago. a large band. 
And so they were in our, one of our studios and there's like seven of them. There's a horn section, you know, guitar and everything and drums. And they were basically circling the, uh, the, the uh, you know, the, the board. So they were all around the room. So it was surround sound. It was kind of cool. Nice. But it was, yeah, it was a challenge <laughs> setting them up and breaking them down. Well, I'm looking forward to Intersection being on multiple times. If you want to listen to it, it's at 90.7 mm-hmm. on the FM dial. If you miss a show, you can get it, I would imagine, anywhere you get podcasts. You can just look up Intersection and subscribe. Yes. Yeah, we're, we're on um, iTunes, uh, Spotify. Google, yeah. Stitcher, mm-hmm. BoxCast, Cast casting couch sure yep. there's so all many of, those, of them now yep. oh my goodness uh, or go to wmfe.org and you can see the subjects and everything mm-hmm. there and uh yeah so we'll be back with matt petty in a few minutes let's play a song matt uh this is mofro from their album lock Lusa. this is the wrong side on wprk winter park florida you're listening to a certain degree If you like food and intelligent talk about food, you won't find a better podcast than Offcuts. It's part of the excellent PFT Media network of shows here in Orlando, and Elliot and Allison are amazing hosts. It's a thoughtful, delicious, disarming, funny, and unabashed discussion of food and the culture around it. Subscribe to Offcuts at your earliest convenience. And by that, I mean this very moment. Now back to the show. Mofro on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to Certain Drig. Good morning. My name is Nick. Thank you so much for listening every week. Uh, I do this show from 7 to 9 a.m. Every week I have a very special guest. This week is no exception. Matt Petty is here. Good morning, Matt. Hey, Nick. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Providing okay. me. I was waiting just in case you wanted to thank me. I just wanted to make yeah, sure. Yeah, it's, it's an honor and a privilege. I gave you the opportunity. Okay, now you're Yeah, just... like lo- lots of people have been on the show. My colleagues, some of them have been on the show twice. Yes, that's true. And I've been hanging out here waiting for the invite. Some of them have done their impressions of you on the air as well. I Yes, and then it took me, it took me two. I had to have you on intersection twice before I got the invitation. That's how it works. Yeah. That's how it works. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, you're a busy guy. You yes, have a lot yes. of stuff going on. You just went uh, home to New Zealand. Yeah, I spent three weeks back in New Zealand in uh, July. It's beautiful. Yep. And I uh, it. obviously for WMFE, you do quite a bit with Intersection mm-hmm. and the other, th- the other things that you do, I'm sure, behind the scenes there uh, because we get the benefit of, uh, you know, hearing you on the air when you're covering news, when you're covering for your fellow hosts uh, when you're doing intersection, but there's so much going on behind the scenes at a radio station, especially when there's news going on. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, it doesn't, uh, you know, you may have a story that only takes up 45 seconds of airtime in a newscast, but there's Mm -hmm. a lot of work that goes into producing that story. Oh yeah. Um, You know, just as, as when you open up your newspaper and you read, you know, several hundred words, um, that doesn't take too long to read, right? But all of the work go- that goes into reporting that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, shout out to the newspaper reporters out there. They they do a fine job and as does everyone in the news business, it's like I think oftentimes 
as news consumers, we sometimes don't appreciate the, the amount of labor and effort that goes into producing this stuff and keeping us more informed. So, Right. There's so much, and, you know, much of it is free, much mm-hmm. of it is out there and easily well, accessible. That's right. And that's that perception, I think, is a bit dangerous, the idea that that information out there is free because I just clicked on a link on the on the internet and, and read something like right. It ain't free. So support your local newspaper, get a subscription, support your local public radio station. For sure. Um, yeah, patronize the people who produce the news because, you know, they they, uh, they need your help. Coming out of high school, was news on your mind like you were 100% going to go into this, into radio, into journalism, into those sorts of things? No. I what were took, your plans coming out of high school? So I took kind of a roundabout route to uh the business of news and in, in, in high school uh my second to last year of high school i was on a uh, i was part of a group of people who produced a like a magazine mm-hmm. um and i was the cartoonist i did editorial cartoons are there any of these online that we can see uh no, no do you no, want there is, to be this is this is like pre <laughs> Pre, this is before the internet. Sure, sure. <laughs> that, that, there's a lot of stuff that's pre-internet no, that's and, on and the and internet. Are, I mean, basically, I just did cartoons of the teachers at school. So it's oh, okay. like, you know, caricatures. Sure. So that unless you went to the school, it wouldn't really make a lot of sense. I'm sure the teachers loved that, though. Some of them probably did. Some of them maybe not so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was, I, was um, I thought I might become an editorial cartoonist. I actually went and hung out with the the guy who did editorial cartoons for the Christchurch Press, uh, my hometown newspaper, just like a just to see what he did. And this was back when they were just starting to use more computer-aided stuff. Like he would do a drawing and then kind of convert it. He would like kind of color scan it. Scan it in. Yeah, scan yeah. it in and stuff. So so that was interesting. Um, but they still used, he still used Letratone, which is so cool. Like you kind of, it's like the, the sort of the shade, like the, the, the oh, dots. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kind of scrape it on it's pretty rad anyway um so yeah i was interested in cartooning uh and drawing and art and my parents are both doctors and so i was like oh well i'll just go and see if i can get into medical school so i took first year chemistry and and, and university and failed miserably that was a total face plant so i was like yeah i'm probably not going to be a doctor so i should do something else <laughs> i was doing a ba at the time uh studying french and after that, I um, I went to teaching college and I taught for a year and a half and I realized that teaching is very, very hard unless you're 100% committed to it. Mm-hmm. And long story short, I ended up going back to college and got a master's degree in journalism and here I am as a journalist. But I wanted to be a, a newspaper reporter. I wanted to be a, a print journalist I kind of got seduced by broadcast along the way, the magic of television and and radio. Do you love the sound of your own voice? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, I mean, I like talking. Yeah, you've got to enjoy talking mm-hmm. to uh, get something out of the job. I think. Um, I don't. You know, I listen back to the stuff I've done. Just obviously, when I'm editing, like a pre-recorded interview. Um, or or a feature or something, I'll, I'll listen back to it. Um, and then, yeah, I listen to my colleagues try and, and, and interpret and impersonate my accent, which is weird because it often comes back as Cockney or 
something else. Sure, it's hard to, the New Zealand is, there's some subtlety to it. Yeah, there is, and I've been living in the US for eight years now, so I think some of the rough edges have worn off my accent a little Mm. bit. Although when I go back to New Zealand, when I talk to my family, it it comes back. Mm -hmm. I think that's the same with everyone, right? That's pretty common, yeah. 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 So let me ask you, coming out of high school, and, and again, maybe it's a little bit different in New Zealand than it is here, but you know, my understanding is that, uh, is it like in England where you do uh, tests and you have to test into university or something along those lines? Or is it just you enroll in a college if you want to after yeah, you've graduated? Yeah, definitely, there's definitely some kind of university entrance test, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Man, I don't know, I'm, my memory is pretty bad. I'm, I think I took some kind of test, but... I'm just, I don't think it's quite the same as England. Okay. So with both parents being doctors, Mm. was college emphasized? Was it always sort of an understanding that you were going to finish high school and then go to college? Yeah, but they weren't, my my parents have always been the kind of people to say, just do something that makes you happy and, you know, is kind of a, a, that you get some value out of and and you want to do like, to a fault, in fact, like, you know, make the most of those opportunities out there and and do something you really want to do. So they, they've been nothing but supportive of you know, me or my siblings, any any of the career choices we've made or, mm. or study choices. Like if I'd said, I don't want to go to college, I want to do something completely different, they would have been 100% supportive of that. So would you have done anything different looking back at it? I mean, I might have taken a different track in university, like maybe I would have gone to art school instead. Um, Get your cartooning license? Yeah, my exactly, my cartooning card or, or just fine arts, you know, painting yeah. or something. Um, I don't know. That's a great question. I mean, I like to think that maybe I could have done anything else, but I'm not really sure that that's, I think, yeah. Coming over to the U.S. and having maybe a different perspective, I'm not sure what it's like uh, in New Zealand, but I find having worked at college, having gone to college, having grown up here, there's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of expectation, and I have to fight against my own bias sometimes, Mm. of if you don't go to college right out of high school, you're not going to be successful. And that was something that I fought against in my own way because... Mm -hmm. I took it took me four schools in seven and a half years to get my bachelor's and I felt like I had done it wrong until you know the last 10 years or so of my life where I'm like there's no right way to do right. it do you see a difference in the culture in New Zealand versus the culture in the US and does having uh you know kids change yeah. that perspective for you as well yeah I mean it might uh, maybe the maybe we're a little more laid back in New Zealand mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the thing is, so for example, in New Zealand, you don't necessarily need a job to have healthcare, right? Like, I think that's a big difference. Um, so, you know, that, that takes a little bit of pressure off. I mean, I think, I think the, the, the kind of data shows that if you do have a college degree, that kind of gives you a better chance of success, right? Sure. Over the course of a you know your lifetime, you're definitely going to, or what the data shows is, you're going to make more money than somebody without. Sure, but I think you know you can be successful in whatever field. You don't have to go to college sure. to be to be a success if you're good at doing something. If it's you know if it's a it's a valuable career choice to make, then 
Yeah, I think I think there are some differences in approach and attitude, and it might be something to do with the uh, with the the different culture that we come from in New Zealand versus mm-hmm. here in the United States. It's a tricky question to answer, though. I'm glad you're not giving me the uh, cool, calm, or collected scale to yeah, rank that on. Yeah, we're definitely <laughs> out of that part of the... Well, because I'm, I'm interested to hear your perspective as somebody coming from outside of the country, because it does feel like it's ingrained in a lot of the culture here. It's definitely gotten less so. Mm-hmm. We're definitely going through, I, I think, a, a shift when it comes to college and the expectation of that. But I think the bias is still there. I think the bias is still that you have to go to a college. Um, in my case, you know, it's still a matter of it has to be a certain type of college. It can't just be, say, an online college. Mm-hmm. Um, it took a long time for me to, as wonderful as the community college system and the state college system is, you know, there was still part of my mind where if you went to, and I did, I went to a community college, but if you did that, instead of going to one college for four years, that was the wrong way to do things. So I think there's still a lot of biases that I'm working through. And again, I'm just curious if you're coming from a different perspective of, you know, you're, and as a parent, like put on your your dad hat for a second. Are you thinking that your kids are going to have to go to college, uh, right? not only right out of high school, but just in general to be successful? Well, um, so my oldest daughter wants to be a magician. I don't know if that's going to change. I'm not sure if there's a college for magicians. I mean, there's clown college, but not uh, You're right, yeah. magician college. In Sarasota, yep. right? Ringling? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough to answer that question. I think from a parent's point of view, thinking about the cost of college can be a bit terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously I want my kids to be successful in whatever they choose. I'm not too worried, I want to say, at this stage about whether it's college or some other career choice they choose. But I'm saying that now and they haven't, you know, they haven't reached college age yet. So there, yeah. so maybe I'm I'm being a bit disingenuous there. <laughs> well, what what about you? What do you think? Uh you know, it's it's tough for me having worked in the admissions area mm-hmm. uh to say that I'm not still biased in some way. So I got my bachelor's degree, ended mm-hmm. up getting my master's degree. And what I liked about what I did with admissions was I worked with older students typically mm-hmm. going back to school. Right. And what I saw there were people who were more motivated mm-hmm. because they knew they wanted to get through it. They were more, I don't want to say responsible with money, but they they understood the value of money, I think, a little bit more in right. terms of investing in the education so they were looking for more ways to save money, whether that was going to a state college first to get their mm-hmm. AA and not looking at that as a, that's not the right way to do thing. That's not a traditional college experience, but as a, this is a great way mm-hmm. and cost effective way to get the first part of my education. In some mm-hmm. cases, maybe that's all I need, you right. know, for those types of uh, things. So having seen that, having said that and seen that, um, for my kids, I think it's it's less stressful for me or it's something that I'm not going to stress as much mm. to immediately go to college. Um, as much as I think that, you know, having seen the Rollins experience and having gone through the experience at UCF and UF and Daytona State and Embry-Riddle, mm. uh, which are all the schools that I went to, and Rollins for my MBA, 
Um, I, I think there is 100% value. I think if they want to do that and they want to experience that and they want to live on campus and go to the football games and the basketball mm-hmm. games and all of those things, that's wonderful and that's a great experience. But it's not necessarily the only one. Yeah. Um, I think maybe there's a little more, pre- a little less pressure rather in New Zealand. It's a little tricky for me to say that. I mean, I've, I've been out of the country for, you know, 10 years or so now. So, um, so uh, yeah, things might have changed a little bit. Um, there are fewer choices in New Zealand, of course, because there aren't as many cities with colleges in them. So you're mm-hmm. sort of limited in the range of options that you have. I mean, if you wanted to say, say you wanted to go to medical school in New Zealand, you have there's two two choices. There's Auckland or, or Dunedin. Um, so that, you know, it's not like you have, you know, 50 different medical schools to choose right. from unless you go outside unless of the you country. were to travel yeah 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 that's the other thing too i mean thinking about travel in new zealand because we're so far away i think we have a like new zealanders like to get out and explore and we have this thing called the oe overseas experience where you know people kind of take a year off at some point and just go travel or two years maybe like go to england and work for a couple of years is that something that people do in america not much. Um, it's something that's stressed in a lot of, and having experienced it in my master's program, and mm-hmm. that was just a, you know, one week experience. Um, it's something that I think should be stressed more. Yeah. Uh, in the college experience, and maybe younger is to travel more and to have those kinds of educational experiences, but definitely not like there might be a a gap year. Mm-hmm. So maybe you travel during that, but even that, there's some controversy or not controversy, but some argument around the uh, the benefit mm-hmm. of it at that age too. Like typically an OE would happen, how old would you or a typical New Zealander would be when they did that? Uh, sort of sometimes you might do it in the middle of your college degree or, or at the end of it. Um, so still quite young probably yeah. without too many responsibilities. Yeah, before you've fully committed to a career or something. Yeah. Yeah, so go out and try something. Yeah, and some New Zealanders just never go back. They, yeah. You know, there's there's a lot of New Zealanders living abroad. Um, I always get the number wrong, but there's like population of New Zealand is like 4 million or something, and then there's like a million living outside of the country. So kind of uh, becoming part of our culture and taking over. Those are the, <laughs> the sleeper cell agents, if I you will. I don't think there's any danger of New Zealand taking over America. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you know, though. Well, let's leave it at that for now, Matt. We're already at the end of the first hour. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm a joy to talk to. Just like that. Yeah. You know that, though. You know that. (laughs) I'm rolling my eyes. Uh, So next hour, uh, we're going to play some commercials. We're going to play some music. Next hour, we've got a pop quiz for you, maybe New Zealand themed. We've got bad business ideas, which you'll probably be really excited about. Uh, More music and Matt Petty for WMFE if you want to learn more about the shows that he does and what he's covering and listen to him go to WMFE.org follow and subscribe to Intersection on any of the podcast networks that are out there mm-hmm. and uh, yeah that's about it if you want to see what the studio looks like go to my Twitter feed at Matthew underscore Petty uh, and that's P-E-D-D-I-E. Correct, yes. Okay, just to make sure. Uh, so, yeah, so we'll be back in a moment. You're listening to A Certain Degree on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. Speaking of subscribing, this podcast is available wherever you subscribe to podcasts. That's Apple 
that's Google, Stitcher, Spotify. I found one the other day called CastBox. Guess what? It's there too. And it's that's a real thing. If you are interested in people in Orlando who are doing neat things, then you should definitely listen on the regular, as the kids say. So subscribe, why don't you? Now back to the show. The Appleseed cast on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida, from their album Two Conversations. That was Fight Song. Good morning, my name is Nick. You're listening to A Certain Degree. I am here as I am every week with a very special guest. Matt Petty is here. Good morning, Matt. Hey, Nick. So I played Fight Song because the next segment is going to be a struggle for you. It's going to be a fight between two incredible ideas that you're going to have to choose from. Okay. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Is uh, it, wait, are we talking wrestling again? Are we back yeah, to we're now? back to wrestling. No, okay. it's bad business ideas. Bad business ideas. It's time to pick just one. It's going to be totally legal. We hope it won't hurt anyone. So come on, have some fun. Yes, bad business ideas. It's just like Murphy's Law. If anything can go wrong, it's profitable. This is the part of the show where I present two guaranteed million-dollar schemes to you, Matt. Mm-hmm. I'm the schemer, and you're the schemey, I think, if that's a word. Okay. Once you pick the idea that you feel is stronger, my part is done because I've come up with the idea. I've done all the work. Mm-hmm. And then what you do is you take the scheme that you think is the better one, and you run with it. It becomes your responsibility. And all the liability is yours as well. Mm-hmm. The profitability is shared. Are you liking this so far? Yeah, I'm still I'm still mulling over the bad business idea concept though. Like, are there bad business ideas or are they just bad business people? Uh, yes. Like, is it? There's both. Okay. Yeah. All right. Matt, may I call you Matt? Sure. Great. If you're like me, and I know I am, breaking up is hard to do just like the song says. What the song doesn't say is how to make it easier, specifically making the other person leave. And this is the bad roommate, the dead weight at work, the unlovable lover. You want them out, but you don't want to hurt their feelings, right? Have you ever been in that situation? Sure. Great. That's where our new venture, potentially new venture, Squeezebox comes in. Squeezebox appears to be a regular subscription box service just like the millions of other ones out there, but with a twist. Wait, where you order something and yeah, they send so it to you? Yeah, and you get a box of okay. whatever the theme is, right? Mm-hmm. So like the different theme every month, whether it's clothes. self-care, clothes, right. um, food, Japanese snacks in some cases. Yeah, can't yeah. get wrong with that. All of the boxes from Squeezebox, though, will be curated with items that the people around you will be turned off by. So instead of the bespoke beauty supplies or the Epicurean snacks, you'll be getting a subscription from something a little more repulsive. Like durian. For example, that's a that's actually a really good idea. I see where, see, this is why I presented mm. you this one because I knew you'd be on the same level. It's kind of a, th- yeah, I don't know, durian though. That's a whole other conversation. Look, we'll, we'll have that in a yeah. second. But one of them might be the occult box, which features black candles, a few different uh, types and vials of blood, some teeth, maybe from a human. That comes with an instruction book on making pentagrams that won't actually call forth creatures from the dark beyond. Again, you're just trying to 
bum someone out. Mm-hmm. You're not actually trying to call forth the apocalypse. If you did like a like a a hexagram, a pentagram, yeah, or but you did a hexagram instead, right? Yeah. Well, what would happen? Uh, oh, that's a good question. I'll have to call my occult <laughs> friends, all of them, and ask about that. Uh, another box might be the Formaggio Puzzolente box. It's kind of like a Blue Apron box where you mm-hmm. make the meals yourself, but every ingredient is super smelly cheese. Mm. Yep. The chewing tobacco box comes with several spittoons to leave around the home or office. Yep. The S&M box, uh, not sure I have to explain that one. It's different. Not, not an M&M box. Not an M&M box. Right, okay. So squeeze box. Mm-hmm. Is it a passive-aggressive way of dealing with your problems? Definitely, yes. Yes. But is it the most passive-aggressive way of dealing with your problems? Probably not. That's our, actually our tagline. Okay, okay, yeah. sure. So what do you think about squeeze box so far? I like it. Part of the reason I like it is because I think the results might be unexpected. Like you might discover you might bring you you okay say you have a roommate that you can't abide yep you order the cheese box and it smells terrible or it smells just very cheesy you might discover something that you didn't know about your roommate before that they have an appreciation for weird and stinky cheeses and that might open up new avenues of communication so it might actually make you better friends yeah and you might have a commonality that you didn't have before. Right. And if you're friends about cheese, then that's a pretty strong friendship. It is actually a friendship. Like, like, it's friends, just like the saying goes, a friendship built on cheese <laughs> will never crumble. Friends who, who share cheese. I mean, that, you know, that that's going to be a, a bond that's pretty much unbreakable, I think. Yeah. It's certainly meltable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Okay, so you see, you brought another aspect to squeeze box that I hadn't even thought of. Profondu, profound, profondu. All right, keep going. Sorry, it's too early. I mean, you're also focusing on the cheese, but maybe it's the occult thing that really gets uh, the friendship moving along. Yeah, if you will, or the work relationship. I don't know about the blood, though. I feel the vials of blood would be a definite turnoff, and the teeth. Okay. Yeah. So for that one anyway. is definitely going to turn somebody. Well, again, for yeah. you, mm. you're you're liking the cheese one, but the other occult box might mm-hmm. do its duty and just get rid of the other person. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Are you ready for your second idea? Sure. There are many things we do to make us more productive, to give us a little more gas in the tank when we aren't feeling motivated. So like meditation, coffee, posting things on social media so your friends will, for some reason, check up on your progress. Mm. Never really found that works. None of this works consistently, though. So I looked to science to help out, and I found a potential solution. This solution involves being watched, but not by people. So are you motiva- more oh, by, motivated? By animals? Animals. Wow, yeah. so you could get like an owl? They're trained to watch you while you work, and you complete uh, your tasks, hit your deadlines, and live your best life. Fantastic. What kind of animals? I would love an owl. Birds. That's yes. right. I didn't even have to tell you. Our new company is called Birds Watching. Yeah. Yep. You'll always have a charm of finches around to help you get that sales presentation done. A siege of herons. I looked up the words for a groups siege of, of birds. herons? Yeah, that's what they're called. How cool is that? Yeah, watching with their unblinking eyes, waiting for the website design comps. A murder of crows mm. with their razor-sharp talons and bloodthirsty cries that are seemingly begging you for next year's marketing budgets. And the best part is they'll be inside. They won't be outside watching you. These birds will be inside watching you 
until you get whatever it is that you're working on done. Mm. That could be work-related. So as an organization, as a company, they could hire the birds to watch you. Or if you're working on a side project, let's say you uh, want to get back to cartooning, mm-hmm. Matt, because I know that editorial cartooning was a part of your life. Sure. Because we talked about that last hour. And if you missed any of the show, you can listen to it on a, as a podcast. Mm-hmm. But if you want to get back to cartooning, you want to have some owls watching you, judging you, and you don't want to let the owls down. No. no okay, great. I'm, no. I was, that, that's the part you can't answer. Okay, thanks. You don't want to let the owls <laughs> down, so you're going to get your cartoons done. Mm-hmm. Or else. Yeah. I'm not sure what the owls are going to do to you. Or owls. Or owls. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. So you're, you're obviously... <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're, you're... I mean, you're into this one, too. It yeah, I love like. this one already. I think it's great. You were right on owls. I had already thought of birds. Because really... Wonder though, like, so you're offering a range of birds. Oh, you have more than one. How, how are you going to curate and train these birds and kind of keep them fit and healthy? And I think the question is, how are you going to do that? Because this would be your company. And I think oh, there my are bird trainers out there. Yeah, so birds watching is or squeeze box. Mm. So you're going to choose one of these. The curated subscription oh, box boy. to get rid of unwanted people or birds watching. I, I'm going to go with birds watching. I think, I mean, I, th- I feel like this potential in the, sorry, what was the first one called again? Squeeze box. Squeeze box. I think there's potential on that. Like there's, there's potential for unintended consequences, which s- sometimes have bad business ideas become great business ideas, right? Uh, yes. Like a mistake it, it that somebody stumbles yet, upon. But yeah. Right. Wasn't that how, um, how vaccination was discovered? Right? Sure. Vaccination, post-it notes. Yeah. All of those things. What's the origin story of post-it notes? Uh, the glue wasn't good enough. I think it was at a glue company. Ooh. And it was like, this is useless glue. What if we put it on the back of paper? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, so I think I think birds watching. I foresee some logistical challenges, though. I mean... There might be several. Yeah. How are you going to get the birds to the... How, how am I going to get the birds to the client? You know they fly, right? Not birds. all of them. Oh, okay. So you're thinking like, how are you going to get the penguins there? Or kiwis. Yep. Or, I don't know, kakapo or... Okay. Whatever. I like it. Yeah. Uh, so we've got uh, we've got crowd share scooters. Mm-hmm. We've got crowd share cars. Yep. Bikes. I mean, there's a number of different green ways we can get them there. Mm-hmm. I feel like. I feel like I'm solving a lot of the problems that you need to solve as the CEO how well trained do these birds the need to, organization. to be to find the right spot and stick around for long enough? Like, how do they know when, when you're done? Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Okay, so there is some training involved. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, I, I think the main thing you have to train them on is looking threatening. Okay. Because really that's what's going to get people to Or, or encouraging, right? I mean, it, the same coin, two sides of the okay. same coin, really, mm-hmm. in, in my opinion. Some if, birds just don't look threatening. I think we can get them there. Like, what about a toucan? A toucan. Oh, they're beautiful. Yeah. Could you be threatened by a toucan? I think so. I think yeah. they're very heavy beaks. I think you could if, snap if it you were around. A Brazil nut or something. Yeah. 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 So you want the toucan to look at you like you're a Brazil nut. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what you have to do. <laughs> I think that you almost need like acting lessons for the birds, mm-hmm. which is another bad business idea altogether. Acting lessons for different animals. Right. So that's the side business. Yes. I think that exists already because 
there's there's got to be kind of uh, studios full of actor animals, right? Yeah, but they're I don't know that there's a lot of birds, and they're being trained to do things like fly from here to there, squawk, you know, those sorts of things, as opposed to help motivate and or intimidate people. But don't you think there's probably there's probably people out in in California who are offering their services to train your pet. Like your pet could be the next, I don't know, whatever the, who's the Top dog? Top model? Yeah, well, who's the dog in that, that movie, The Artist? Like, you know you know what I'm talking about? That, no. That silent movie, The Artist? Mm-mm. No, okay, all right, never mind. Anyway, th- but think of a famous animal in a movie. Like there's, there's got to be- Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, the animal? Yeah. Wait, okay, sorry, sorry. Actual animal, not person animal. Right, right, yeah, right, got right. It. Yeah. Okay, let's do that again. Try again. So, so in any movie with a famous animal, there's, yep. there's got to be there's got to be trainers offering their services to train, like you and your Shrek. Or, or Shrek. Yep. Yeah. Shrek no, the sheep. God, it's not, that's not right. I keep messing up this. I'm sorry. Let's just move on. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm not doing well at answering your questions. That's okay. Okay. All right. I think maybe one. What I'm trying to say is one of these business ideas is probably actually a business right now. Okay. Well, that's good. I mean, so there's some established trainers out there that we might be able to call upon. Yeah. And with a pentagram, call them forth <laughs> to train our animals. Sure. I think that's okay. how you call or a pentagram. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, I expect a, you know, a business plan. I'll send some birds over to your office mm-hmm. so that you can finish the business plan for this idea. Yeah. We actually have birds. We have a, a flock of Actually, I don't know what the word is of uh, sandhill cranes. Oh, yeah. We'll yeah. look that up during the break. A hill of sandhill cranes. Uh, a lambast yes. of sandhill cranes. Yeah, they, they hang out. Sometimes they peck on the windows. You yeah. Know, just, they're our spirit animals. Do they intimidate you at all? They don't intimidate me. They're kind of th- tall though, right? They're quite tall and they have sharp beaks. I think if you, yeah, I think maybe if you're out in the open and there was a, a pod of them, encroaching on you then that could be intimidating perfect yeah but they definitely like keep this. an eye on us so really wmfe becomes the the testing the staging area sure. for our first right uh, i mean we're, we're already testing out the scooters there so yeah throwing some it. birds too very nice all right let's take a break and uh we'll get that business plan all together if you have any birds you'd like to uh send our way feel free to do that we're at the w uh, PRK Studios right now, but then I'm sending Matt. I'll release Matt into the wild, and he'll be back <laughs> at the WMFE Studios in a little bit. Let's listen to Youth Lagoon. This is Dropla on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. You have a social media account of some kind. You have a brand you're trying to establish. You're thinking to yourself, How can I get some affordable and stylish props to use to help tell my story? That's where Brand Knuckles comes in. Through the magic of 3D printing, Brand Knuckles uses all of the dimensions to create a piece you can use as a giveaway to customers, as a way to brand your images, and many other applications. Go to Instagram.com slash Brand Knuckles to learn more. And now, back to the show. Youth Lagoon on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree from their 2013 album, 
wondrous bug house that was drop lug morning my name is nick thank you so much for listening on your way to work on your way home from work i'm not sure what you're doing maybe you're listening to the podcast version of the show which you can do wherever you get your podcast please subscribe in which case you're listening from the future from the future how is it in the future Mm. is it nice are there the flying cars that we were promised? Or at least the <laughs> Croucher scooters? In... Self-driving flying cars? We didn't even talk about that. Uh, yeah, that would be nice. That's a complication. The voice you're hearing with the slight, slight New Zealand... Is it New Zealand accent or New Zealish accent? Uh, see, if you say New Zealish, it makes it sound like I am from Middle Earth. It's like a combination of New Zealand and Elvish. So oh, you, yeah. I do yeah, sound yeah. like a, I'm a... I'm a character in a Tolkien novel. So sure, let's go with that. Okay. Uh, that is Matthew Petty, a.k.a. Matt Petty, a.k.a. the host of WMFE's Intersection, a wonderful show if you have not listened to that, all about what's going on locally, news, culture, other things, and issues, really. So you yeah. guys do a, a lot of work trying to find the right people to interview and the mm-hmm. right balance of things that are going on in the community. Yeah, we try. We try. Yeah. Okay, and that's on Tuesday and Friday Tuesday mornings and Friday, yeah. at 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. and potentially four days a week in the near yeah, future. Yeah, we are looking to expand the show. Uh, just, you know, stay tuned. We'll, we'll keep you updated on that. I'm very <laughs> excited about that. And if for some reason that is not common knowledge and I'm supposed to not be mentioning that so much, I can cut that out of the podcast version. <laughs> I don't know if people realize I cut the, co- the podcast version. Anything controversial really i cut out of it and what i'm doing is i'm saving all of that and i'm going to do one big dump of all the controversial news that I, or things that people have said over the years that's brilliant yeah just kind of like a cut and paste montage yep. no context that's it just all the controversy. definitely no context just people talking about random things <laughs> and you don't recognize any of the voices awesome yeah i love so it. that'll do it matt uh let's get to know you a little bit better with a pop quiz. Mm -hmm. And so there are real stakes to this pop quiz. Like actual stakes? Yes. Medium well? No. No, like stakes, like uh, you can win something if you do well. All right. So if you get all five answers correct, we will become best friends for the next week. Ooh. Yeah. So what I'll need for that is your itinerary. I do need a friend for a week. I'll need to know all of your allergies in Mm -hmm. case I want to buy you things or cook you things more okay. importantly yep. uh pies or, or uh, uh cobbler mm-hmm. uh, which i'm you know now that you're very very fond of well i'm definitely not allergic to pies or cobbler perfect so four right three right we'll stay around the same level of friendship two right we'll go down a level one or fewer which is zero <sighs> I don't know if I want to play this game. This is we uh, will become is... bitter enemies. So <laughs> in that case, I will also need to know your schedule. <laughs> I will also need to know your list of allergies, but for very different reasons. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, I would say more insidious reasons mm-hmm. in that case. Are you ready? All right. Okay. So I have a neutral third party asking the questions today. This is Simon Time of Simon Time Trivia. He does trivia around town seven nights a week. So he knows trivia. Wait a minute. You you actually went out and had somebody record questions for you? Yeah. For you, Matt. What? Yeah. This is how professional I am. That is that's that's well, the extent of the okay. level of professionality. I'm, I'm, I'm an awe. Okay. So here we go. 
Hey, hey, Nick, this is Simon Time, and I've got five questions for you and Matthew all around New Zealand. Question number one. In the year 1893, which became the first country in the world to grant women the right to vote? What is New Zealand? Okay, you don't have to <laughs> say it in the form of a question, but that's oh my fine. God, I'm so glad I got that right, because otherwise I'd probably lose my New Zealand citizenship. <laughs> The answer, New Zealand. Very nice. Okay, one and oh. Are you ready okay. for the next one? All right. Question number two. Also known as the Chinese gooseberry, Ooh. what is the edible berry that was brought to New Zealand from China in the early 20th century? Okay, so it's the kiwi fruit. And I have to explain this to people all the time. It's okay. the... the the kiwi bird is what the fruit is named after. It's not the other way around. My workmates give me a bit of grief for this, but it's... um. So the, the bird was called the kiwi. Yeah, the bird is the kiwi, and then the fruit is kind of brown and fuzzy looking, so... Sure. In New Zealand, I think it was a marketing ploy. Why and did it, you look at me when you said brown and fuzzy looking? I wasn't looking. I was looking beyond you. I was looking... I, was, I actually had an image of a kiwi fruit in my mind superimposed over the space where your face is. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so the kiwi had been there for thousands of years, the bird. Yeah, yeah. And then and probably the more kiwi, than that. Who knows? The yeah. fruit mm. is fairly recent. Uh, yeah, it's import. it's a it's a recent import to New Zealand as are most uh, you know, humans are a pretty recent import mm -hmm. to New Zealand, although we're not entirely sure when the when the Maori first came to New Zealand, but sure. it's thought, you know, a couple thousand years ago. I might be wrong on that actually. Don't quote me on that. Okay, I, I hope that I hope that's not a question. That, well, we'll see. Well, first, let's see if you're right about the kiwi. Yeah. The answer is the kiwi. Oh, very nice. 2-0. and oh. Okay, you're out of uh, bitter enemy territory. <laughs> right. You're not going to kill me with a pie or something. <laughs> or are you? I don't know. Well, I didn't think of that. Okay, let's go on to the next question. Question number three. An individual by the name of Sir Edmund Hillary, the first person to climb Mount Everest, Hailed from what country? Yeah, so New Zealand. Here, here's the thing, though. So Sir Ed climbed. He was part of a British expedition. Um, he and Sherpa Tenzing Norgay were were the two on the day who who were making that summit push. And both he and Tenzing never actually kind of admitted who actually first set foot on the summit. So we we don't know who it was who actually, you know, first stood on the summit of Mount Everest. For what it's worth, I mean, who cares, right? They both got there. Do they? Uh, did they not say just because they wanted to give each other full credit? Yeah, exactly. They didn't yeah. want to, Neither one wanted to be. Yeah. Like argue about that. Exactly. Be the first. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or maybe there was a fight and they were threatening to throw each other off. No, I think it was it was more in the spirit of, you know, camaraderie. Um, Actually, I met That's very cool. I met Sir Ed a couple of times. I mean, his face is on the five dollar bill in New Zealand, so he's a he's a pretty famous Kiwi. And um, one time, it was some charity walk where you could climb up a hill near Christchurch, and they sort of had stations along the way, as though it was like base camp and mm. you know, you know, first camp, etc. And he was at the top, and he gave you a certificate. I can't rem I can't remember what the point of the walk was, but it was kind of cool shaking his hand. And then the second time was in two thousand seven where I got to fly down to Antarctica for the 50th anniversary of the uh, New Zealand Antarctic program. Yeah. And he was, so Sir Ed was part of the, um, 
the team that helped establish uh, Scott Base, which is the New Zealand, you know, Antarctic base, and he he did this trans Antarctic trek in a tractor. So he was like part of that part of that team back in the nineteen fifties. So that was pretty cool. We flew down on a, a C seventeen U.S. Air Force transport plane. It was him and the then Prime Minister Helen Clark and a bunch of other dignitaries and it was great actually. So yeah. Classic. That's very cool. Yeah. Do you have a lot of pictures from that? I do, yeah. Yeah. You should post some of those. That's really neat. I should the uh, yeah, I'm I'm not good about posting posting photos. <laughs> I take a lot of photos and I just kind of forget about them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you should post some of those. Mm. There's this thing now called Instagram. <laughs> I have an Instagram feed, but I this only started a few years ago, so long after my trip to Antarctica. All right. So, uh your answer then going back to the original question, what was the question? Sir Edmund Hillary from you said New Zealand. Yeah, I think he might be from Timaru if you really want to get specific. I don't, but okay. let's see if you're right. All right. He was a beekeeper too. More trivia the than answer? you think. New Zealand. Yeah, all right. Very nice. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I just had to So you know Sir Edmund Hillary personally, I think is what I've, I got. I've met him a couple of times. Yeah. Yep. No, 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 personally. But New Zealand is so small that, you know, there are you only do that. a certain number of degrees of separation between most New Zealanders. Right. Whereas everywhere else it would be like 6 or 7, there it's yeah. 2. Mm-hmm. If that. Indeed. Nice. Okay. Next question. You're 3 and 0. Question number 4. Identify the piece of produce that comes in varieties such as a dessert, grape, baby, and cocktail. It's a piece of produce? Mm-hmm. So it's like there's a word in all of these dessert? There's a th- just like there's, uh, and it's obviously not apple, so there's different types of apples like Gala and Honeycrisp and Red Delicious. Okay. And Granny Smith, there is a type of fruit. Well, I've pared it down. Okay. Oh, and man. this this entire theme of this quiz is New Zealand. Dude, I don't know. Is it kiwi fruit? Let's see. <laughs> Your answer? The kiwi. <laughs> Just grab this. Yeah, what, I don't what, know. What, that, what, okay, baby? Uh what? yeah. What? Yeah, there's a few different types of varieties. There's a grape. A grape kiwi? Kiwi, yeah. Hmm. Weird. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, last question. You're four or no? All right. All right. Very nice. We're almost best friends. <laughs> For a week. <laughs> when does the clock start? Right after the show's over. All right. Like, I will follow you home or to work <laughs> so we can get all everything On your mapped. electric or, scooter. Yeah. Let's, let's get the question first. And finally, question number five. Matthew, Nick, where... Can you find the cleanest air in the world? Yeah, I, I know. Okay, I know because of the quiz that it's New Zealand, but I'm not so sure. Sh- is, is that a fact? Is that true? We'll see. Okay. You is ready? it New Zealand? The answer. New Zealand is incorrect. It is the Australian state of Tasmania. Oh Those God. were your five questions here. And the Simon Time Trivia Show. Thanks, guys. Well, I mean, sometimes people misidentify Tasmania as New Zealand. If you ask them to point to New Zealand on a map, they'll yeah. be like, that blob at the bottom of Australia. No, it's the other two blobs further away. It's further away blobs. Mm. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So we're not right. best friends. 
Oh, well. <laughs> Simon Time, I think, had a little fun with that. You can uh, find him on Facebook at Simon Time Trivia if you want to see one of his shows. And he might have some of those questions this week. Does his voice sound like that? Yeah. Wow. He's a former, actually, he's a former professional wrestler, as a matter of fact. Really? Yeah. Simon Time was his uh, one of his uh, uh, wrestling characters. It sounds friendly, though. Yeah. Like Simon Time is a friendly, like, is that... Was that part of his strategy? Uh, no, I think he was. He did play the heel, so I think he did uh, have okay. a little bit of a meaner voice here and there. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but you can also hear him. He has a podcast as well, Simon Time Trivia. You can find it wherever podcasts are podcasting. Is it? Is that a verb? Yeah. Great. Man, I'm still I'm still racking up Tasmania. Right? We got beaten by Tasmania. <laughs> Tasmania is not even a country. <laughs> well, it's Australia <laughs> technically, but yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. All right. Are you going to be okay? <laughs> I think right, okay. we'll get through this together. We're going to play some music while Matt contends with this uh, this news. Ambulance LTD on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. This is Sugar Pill. Maker Fair Orlando is back for the fall, and it's back at the Central Florida Fairgrounds on November 9th and 10th. If you're a maker, and by that I mean you're an artist, an engineer, a tinkerer, a hobbyist with a passion project who wants to share it with an audience. We need you. Apply to be there. And we will need volunteers as well. Last year we had over 200 volunteers helping out. We could always use more. Sign up for email updates at makerfairorlando.com. That's fair with an E. Now back to the show. Ambulance LTD on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was Sugar Pill from their 2005 album, Ambulance. Good morning. My name is Nick. Thank you so much for listening. We are almost done with the show, and we'll be turning it over to Orlando Theater Hour here in a few minutes. But while I have him, he's still here. While I have Matt Petty still in the studio. I'm still here, yeah. Matt Petty is my very special guest. I'm still going to ask him some more questions about Go for it. what he's doing and what he's working on. I was curious... When it comes to writing, you mentioned mm-hmm. wanting to be earlier a newspaper journalist and mm-hmm. that you're on the radio now at WMFE, yep. but that still requires a lot of writing. Yes. Obviously. When you were writing for print and now as you're writing, do you listen to music when you're writing or any kind of creative sort of um, endeavor? Um, that's a great question. So... Um, just to clarify, I was, I was never a print journalist. That was just like something I, oh, I something wanted to, to, to. to do Got going it. into journalism school. Okay. But yeah, I, I, anyway. Um, so I find um, I, I kind of have a, I find it difficult to concentrate when I'm listening to music. Like if I'm listening to music, I want to listen to the music. Mm-hmm. So I'll listen to music or podcasts if I'm doing something that doesn't require a lot of thought. Like if I'm doing the dishes, that's when I'll put on a podcast or listen to some music um or if i'm i don't know making making lunches or whatever uh but if i'm writing i need to think about what i'm writing so i can't i can't be listening to music and writing it's just not going to work but drawing might be a little different if i was doing a drawing i might be able to listen to some music maybe i'm not sure it would depend on the music you were going in you did your master's in journalism Mm mm-hmm you were going in thinking you wanted to be a print journalist. Yes. Did you get, did something happen and you got bit by the bug for broadcast? 
Yeah, so I went to the University of Western Ontario. They have a very good um, journalism school there and the broadcast teaching setup was great. Like there were some good, really good radio tutors, uh, uh, some really gifted um, television tutors as well. And I just kind of, I mean, when you're making a television story, you're, you're making a little movie, right, in like a minute and a half. So I, I appreciated the sort of creativity and care that went into putting together a story and having to sort of write to pictures and stuff. I appreciated the sort of um, the amount of work that you needed to put into that to 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 make a story. So I, that's that's what kind of drew me over to broadcast. And then the first job I got happened to be in radio. I got a job for an, um, a radio station called uh, Radio Live back in New Zealand. It's a commercial radio station at that time. This was back in two thousand six was kind of an upstart radio station like the media market in New Zealand is pretty small compared to the United States of course so there's Radio New Zealand which is the the state broadcaster uh there's uh ZB um I'm actually I'm not sure what the parent company name is but that's the kind of main commercial uh radio outfit and then Radio Live was like this upstart which was going to take the news values of of uh, Radio New Zealand and the kind of the spirit of of ZB and sort of combine them together and mm-hmm. take them on. Unfortunately, it's no longer around, um, but that got me my start in radio. So it was commercial radio, but on the new side of things. And then I ended up, I, I moved to Radio New Zealand. And then when I moved to the United States, um, I got a job in public radio here, which is quite different from public radio back in New Zealand. But I think it still has some of the same kind of spirit and like the, the attention to detail and the, the, the sort of choice of stories we cover and how we cover them. It's a very long answer to a question. No, no, that's a great answer because I was, that's kind of, you know, I think that people who end up in uh, radio or television or coming out of college and doing the broadcast thing, I think mm-hmm. they get that kind of that bite. Maybe they wanted to be journalists. Yeah. Maybe they wanted to do uh, some sort of writing component. Mm-hmm. But then you get on the radio or you get on television or you're editing a story and you realize that you can tell a story in a different way than just with words, not that words aren't important. Yeah, I mean, you know, if I'm reading a really good print story, I still get the same kind of buzz that I do from hearing a really great radio story or seeing Mm -hmm. a a great television story, right? I mean, you you can appreciate some of the little things like the, you know, the, the rack focus in the television story that kind of really emphasizes a point or the, the care they take in setting up a certain shot or something or yep. in radio, you know, the, the sound, the way that sort of takes you into the story and helps tell the story and immerse you in what's going on. Um, and it's the same with print. You know, sometimes a, a sentence or two would be like, man, that is so good. i got to go back and read it again. And they're also, you know, reporting on this, doing this fantastic piece of reporting. So there mm-hmm. are, I think there's, there's commonalities between all three, but, um, if you appreciate visual arts or sound, you know, I grew up playing music and, and that kind of thing. So I think having an appreciation for sound, like there's, you have the ability to, to sort of be creative in the way you, uh, you know, use sound to, to help tell your story in radio as well. I appreciate that. Yeah. Where can we hear you? On a regular basis, speaking of sound and telling the story. <laughs> yeah, on a regular basis. So if you tune to 90.7, um, Intersection uh, is at 9 on Tuesdays and Fridays. Um, as we were discussing earlier, we are looking to expand the show. So um, 
we're looking to uh, make it a four-day a week show, but that'll that'll be sometime in the near future. And then I'll occasionally, you'll occasionally hear me on newscast too. I'll do a newscast story. So between four and six in the afternoon or, or six and nine in the morning, um, the odd feature, although I haven't actually turned one of those in a while. So yeah, if you usually it's uh, Tuesdays and Fridays, 9 a.m. on 90.7 FM or online, wmfe.org. And you can get that as a podcast as well. So yeah, intersection presses. Intersection is a podcast as well. Um, yeah, Many anything coming awesome. up this week uh, that you want to plug in terms of coverage or stories that you're doing? Yeah, actually, uh, I'm going to be talking to Andre Bailey. He has a he has a, a kind of an initiative called Project Opioid. He was um, uh, in charge of the uh, Central Florida Commission on Homelessness for a while, so that was his focus. And now his his new focus is on trying to help businesses and churches and the like crack down on the opioid epidemic mm-hmm. and so i'm going to be talking to him later today and you'll hear that interview tomorrow on intersection from nine o'clock that's great all right well let's um we're pretty much done the time flew by it did i'm a joy to talk to you as i think i mentioned earlier and it, yes every interview. a delight and i learned something about new zealand and tasmania <laughs> the many varieties of kiwi fruit which is actually not really a new zealand thing and that Tasmania has very clean air. <laughs> there you go. If there's nothing else you can take away from this episode of To a Certain Degree, it's that. Mm-hmm. All right, let's shake hands on the air because I think that makes for good radio. Great. Wait, hold on. That wasn't it. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. What are we doing? The, the bro We're shake? Doing the A-team shake. <laughs> That's good. Uh, you've been listening to a certain degree. I'll be back next week. I'm not sure who my guest will be because it's Labor Day. Mm. So trying to find somebody who is in town who wants to come on and chat with me on a on a holiday. Uh, which is actually usually pretty easy. Let's send it out with Jake Shimabukuro. Uh, Shima Shimabukuro. Yeah, let's say it's that. Jake, if you're listening and you want to tell me how it's actually pronounced, let me know. The ukuleleist? Yes. This is his U- cover ukulelist. of Bohemian Rhapsody. Nice. On WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You've been listening to a certain degree. And that's the show. Thanks for listening to A Certain Degree. Where do you go from here? Tell your friends about how awesome this episode was. Subscribe to the show wherever you subscribe. Also check out toacertaindegree.com. That's T-O-A, certaindegree.com. I appreciate you taking the time to listen all the way to the end. The secret word is vestibule. Just walk up to me and say that. You'll probably get a prize, which may or may not be a hug. Thanks for listening. I'll truly miss our little talks. This episode was recorded live on August 26, 2019 on WPRK 91.5 FM. You will hear things on WPRK that you won't hear anywhere else. It's college radio. All the DJs are volunteer. Check out the show listing online or just tune in whenever you have a chance. There's always something interesting happening. So listen early and often. The To Be Decided is a YouTube channel where hosts Miller and Davis tell some stories, review music, and generally make some really great videos. Miller is also responsible for all the bumper music on this episode, in case you were wondering. Check out youtube.com slash the To Be Decided for more. Now back to the show.